Quinn has to catch up with the rest of the team. Can he muster the strength? Find out today on The Hapless Heroes. You never do this to Phil! Hello and welcome to the Hapless Heroes Podcast. My name is Dave and I'll be your host and dungeon master for this evening. We will, of course, start this evening the way I start them all because I lack creativity. False. But uh, that's uh, what we're going to do anyway. Uh, we'll start with, oh, on my left with James as Hoblet the Smasher. Good evening, friendos. To his left, we have Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Where did everybody go? To his left, we have Zach as Pregnart. Ah, hello. <laughs> to his left, we have Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I mean, if it's a mountain, there might be pandas, right? To her left, we have John as Lord Jarrell the Light. I'll be a god any second now. Any second now. And to his left, we have Francesco as the fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom. I really hope this plan works. Start our scene in a bed in a lonely manor house somewhere in the twisting nether. Where one Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind wakes up after what could possibly have been a night of debauchery, but also probably wasn't. Can we clarify if there are if, if it was a full mannequin or just two mannequin feet? <laughs> no, it is just two mannequin feet. <laughs> Perfect. Wait. Okay. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, just what to catch you happened? up, bud. Yeah. I when told we, them not to go in there. Inquiring minds want to know. When we left you, there was a sock on your door. Jarrell investigated anyways. Where were we? Saw that they were. No, I said so did I. No, hmm. in the in the manner of Garthax that we had. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Okay, okay. Sorry, it's been like the three weeks faux ago. chateau. As I was it is now I was also named. investigating. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, we all came in to investigate after Jarrell went in. There were Wait, you all walked in even with the sock on the door? Shush. That's where this is not important now. Uh <laughs> And when Jarrell inspected, like upon closer inspection, the other set of feet or legs or whatever that were in there were actually just mannequin legs. You were not with anyone else. It was oh. just you. So and What happened was they peeked in, saw two sets of feet sticking out from under the duvet, and delicately closed the door, retreated back out of there, as they should. Later on, someone decided to investigate further, and one of the mannequin feet fell out of the bed. I don't know what that was. Oh, no. it was Jarrell. Oh, listen, I had to make pointing down at me, so I was like, I obviously didn't investigate myself. So yeah, that's where it did. And, uh, and Boris left you a note. 
And then we left. Okay. But you left me there? Yeah, you can figure it out. You're a smart guy. The hell are we going to do? Wait for you to wake up? We have places to be. I mean, when, when, to I be mean, fair, yes, when Boris left yes. you the note, she thought there was another person. Dude, you were in uh-huh. bed with mannequin feet. You wanted us to wait for you to wake up to explain that? No. Just wanted you, you to wake do you. Up. I'm not going to king shame, but have fun. We'll see you in a bit. You do you, unless you're doing someone else, then do them too. Wow. As long as they're okay right. with it. Okay. This, this, I'll remember this. <laughs> Anyhow, circling it back in, bringing it together. You wake up somewhat disheveled, maybe, you know, a little tired, a little bleary in the morning. Is my There's hair actually, in the wrong place? Your hair is in every single place except for the place you want it to be. Well, that's not good. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so <clears throat> is there a mirror? There is. It is a relatively well-apportioned room, although your jacket is draped over the mirror. Okay. What? Why? I don't know, because it's white. Uh, I take my jacket. Okay, good. You've got you've got your jacket. You're starting to put yourself together a little bit. And, you know, mm-hmm. I imagine take whatever requisite amount of time it takes to get yourself all straightened up in very Quinn-like fashion. Because of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. I do notice a blemish on the side of my eye and I just put a little bit of foundation there. Very good. You are now dressed, prepped, and ready to take on your day. And perfumed. I am perfumed. We can take it as read that any of the necessary preparations and or ablutions you would take at the beginning of the day are now performed. Yes. It is roughly, to your reckoning, more or less 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. It has to be. Makes sense. It's difficult, as this place isn't actually on a world and doesn't really have days or nights, but you know, that's neither here nor there. It's several hours before you would prefer to be awake. And anyway, yeah, let's, um, you know, let's kind of maybe focus this towards the track. Are you going to be doing any ex- explora- exploration, exploratory maneuvers around the house? Or are you going to try to make your way along in the general direction you think you need to be going? Uh, so I'm going to just kind of look around the room. Um, do I notice the note? Is it in a, an obvious place or am I like having to investigate? <laughs> Where did you leave the note? Not in the room. <laughs> so it's not okay. So it's <clears throat> directly outside of the room and uh, on the floor, so that when he opens it, he'll see it. And if you remember, it's being held by something. But I'll, I'll, you know, let that be described once. Jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine because I don't remember what was holding it. The creepy porcelain doll that I had pocketed ah, was holding the note that says ketchup. <laughs> Just sitting on the floor, staring, like, where you would open the door. So, uh, Quinn has done kind of like, he he notices the mannequin feet. Um, Of course you do. You put them there. You were in bed. Did I, though? I don't really remember. 
You may have been fucking them. I. That I was mean, like, implied. No, that's what you guys think happened. That's not what maybe actually happened. And I say maybe because maybe know. it did. I don't know. There's nobody don't else here. People put socks on a door for one reason. That's to fuck. And what is there to fuck? Mannequin feet. Well, it's also okay. well. Maybe it, there was it's a- also unclear whether or not uh, Quinn actually put the sock on the door or not. Too. Also fair, fair statement. I it don't may have been the mannequin feet. That. Yeah. There, there, right. <laughs> there might have been more to the mannequin before you that had makes your way it be better, but <laughs> oh my god uh, did it leave so quickly in the morning that it left its feet behind it left its legs wait is it just the feet or is it the legs just the feet well, it's, it's up to about mid calf <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, weird okay um I just kind of like, I look at them, I grab one of them, and I'm just like, hmm, interesting. And I just kind of put it back down on the bed, ever so gently. Because, you know, gotta be gentle with the ladies. So, put it down. Uh, but. So. Ignore me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> so hard because you're right there. Uh, so, I open the door. You open the door to see what appears to be the creepiest porcelain doll you have ever seen in the entirety of your life holding up above her head. And remember, this porcelain doll stands maybe about 18 inches tall. Absolutely tops. Holding above her head a card, which would probably be only maybe a three by five card. But, to you know, to this doll, it's, you know, poster sized above her head that says ketchup with a K. So first things first, Quinn looks down <clears throat> at the doll and goes, Ooh, that's the creepiest looking porcelain doll I've ever seen. And then he notices the card. Oh, it's a gift. And he leans down and he picks it up and he reads it. Ketchup. Well, do I fill it with ketchup? I don't understand. Oh, no. Oh, catch up. There's a space there. Hmm. Those bastards left me. At this point, I have no idea how to catch up. Well, okay. Well, you do remember where where the fight took place. And there was a door beyond that that was indicated as the way to go at the end of the fight. Before we took the long rest, uh, the demon Garthax told us. Right. It was a long night. I don't remember all of this. Yes. Remember, the verbally abusive demon skull told you where to go. Um, as the cloudiness... Yeah, but then I made the plan, and so Quinn stopped listening. Well, yeah. So, I realize as the fogginess starts to dissipate from my brain uh, I I think I think I was drugged by a mannequin I don't know you, you, you realize you're like you're like you're creating this plausible deniability to no one besides yes, yourself right? I understand like you're, thank you're you like, voice in my head thank you for telling me that <laughs> 
I am trying to deny this to myself. That is correct. I, I don't know what's going on, but I do somehow remember going, having to go through a door. Yes, yes, let's go back to that door. Let's see if the gang is there. And I literally say all of that out loud. So if there's anybody even remotely near me, which I don't think there is, right? We, there's, there, nobody's there. I'll take a note of it, but um, TLDR. I just, I just always think fans are around me, so. Three minutes later, and we, uh, we uh, flash forward to uh, Quinn now back in the basement where that boss fight had happened. There were a few demon remains, sans very notably, the skull of the demon Garthax, which is nowhere to be found currently. Um, most of the black goo slash nastiness that had been taking up the back of the room has dissipated wherever off into the ether. And as you are, would have been facing Garthax off to the left at the back of the room, there is a wooden door that uh, ostensibly leads you on towards your destination. Um, Sure. He just opens the door. Opening the door leads you to a spiral staircase that goes up and up and up and up. Much up is uh, involved in the going. You have a long walk. Much back. up. There's no down direction? No elevator? Let's not tell him that it also goes down. No, only up, Quinn. <laughs> no, no elevator? No chair like the old people have that I can just, like, zip up the thing? Nothing? Nothing. Well, if I must, I guess I'll, I'll ascend. And he's still talking out loud to himself. <laughs> it is well noted that Quinn is consulting with the only expert that he trusts the entire way up the stairs. Himself. <laughs> Correct. It is a long way. I can't remember how long I described it, but it was something like multiple stories to something like a mile. Of what? It was a long way. Jarrell had to carry me up. He was taking too long. I wrote down 10,000 stairs. Yeah, that sounds about right, actually. Is, is I will like walk 10,000 stairs and I will walk 10,000 more just to be that Quinn that finds his gang at the top of this staircase. He sings that all the way up. I miss Phil. Wow. I'm trucking here. I am trucking. <laughs> That was pretty good. Oh, at least this I had. I didn't have that prepared. It was very good. Let's just say, I'm proud that of you. It was unprepared. Yeah, like, I, I'm happy with that that was that was excellent montage music there. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you inspire yourself with it? Is that how that works? <laughs> was did this the I? first time that Quinn ever actually sing on the podcast? Did I? No, I oh, saw a couple times. Like Quinn, yeah. Yeah. Quinn, maybe. Usually yeah. in acapella mode. Yeah, he only sings to himself because he, he knows he's the only one that can appreciate the chords. Quinn, after a long and arduous journey up a set of stairs that you had never thought you would have to ascend in your entire life, shortened to a matter of mere moments by that magnificent montage. All that damn alliteration I just spat. Uh, you make it to another door at the top. 
opening that door, you enter the <gasps> hallway that sort of it goes <sighs> off to the left and right, but it curves ever so slightly. The hallway off to the left curves to the right. The hallway off to the right curves to the left. And you'll see that where the door was is a disassembled, damaged portal of sorts, possibly. Very Stargate-looking. And a pile of scrap and a box uh, just across the hallway. Are there any breadcrumbs um, or anything to kind of lead me to the correct direction? Unfortunately, they didn't leave you shit. No, no, what they did was they left me. That's what they did. Hmm. Yes, that's also true. But I will find them. I am determined. And Quinn always gets his way. What's in the box? What's in the box? All right, well, if you insist, there are probably about 100 monocles in the box. Uh, no, I think it's his wife's head. I'm pretty sure. In the movie. Or the baby. Oh, no. Wait, what? Gwyneth Paltrow, right? No, uh, nobody. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Never mind. Moving on. Swinging a miss. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I also like pain is the answer for what's in the box. If you really a, wanted a to dark. go, uh, you know. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But no. There are 200 or so monocles in the box. 200 monocles. Is there the, the number More 200 like written there so I know there's exactly 200? Or am I just looking at a bunch if of you were to count, there, there, there wouldn't, wouldn't be, be anymore. There wouldn't be exactly box, anymore. Like, I don't think yeah. Fran wants well, me to sit here and count exactly monocles. Do it. There is a sizable number of monocles in the box. A sizable number. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that like? I said, I said Quinn sits there and counts the monocles, but no, he does not do that. Um, okay. Is there anything particularly like unique about these monocles? or? Um, how are you inspecting these monocles to find out? I mean, they're monocles, so I clearly put them on. Okay, so you put a monocle to your eye, and you see what kind of look like some ghostly shapes of your friends walking around. Many of them have gone off to the left. Okay. Many of them have gone off to the left. Okay. Um, I'm going to follow the majority group while keeping the monocle up to my eye. Right. So you do follow the ghost images of your friends, and they stop periodically at many of the portals, as you see. Kind of look very stargate looking portals along the walls on that left, on that outside wall, as this hallway arcs around. 
So are these are these portals that I can only see through the monocle, or are these actual portals that I see? They are inert portals, and you can see them regardless. They all have okay. uh, very scrawlings upon the stones of them. Okay. So I'm so the monocle helps me see the ghostly images of these guys moving toward that portal. Yes. Yeah, they okay. look at a portal and then they move on to the next one. And they keep going Ooh. around. Oh, because Paradol, I don't know Paradol's there yet. Okay, so... so Paradol, not there. Pregnard. Right, right, or Pregnard, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> so used to being Paradol. Um, That's okay. I have a thing okay, with so P names, So too, I only so. see... I only see Felix, Boris, Jarrell, and Hoblet. Uh, yes, you do eventually direction? see uh, Pregnart uh, and uh, catch up. So, at some point, Pregnart and catch up. No, the entire the entire party. Yes, Pregnart in catch up. It was a bizarre cooking accident. He doesn't like to talk about. Frog legs and ketchup, <laughs> which I think is a thing. <laughs> um, oh no, <laughs> we don't talk about frog legs. Uh, just to sort of condense things down a little bit, because I would like to involve the rest of the group at some point sooner than later. Here, but they move along, examine a portal, and then move along to the next one, and they go through about six or seven portals this way. They don't actually go through the portals; they just sort of pass by them. I should clarify. I'm sorry about that. So I'm just watching them basically investigate each portal. Yes. Eventually they get to a portal that has what looks like a triangle with a horizontal line through about the middle of it. And at which point there's some running around, pushing some things along the inside wall. And eventually they step through this specific portal which appears to be active, but in a very ghostly sort of sense. Okay. But, like, it's active. Like, when I take the monocle away, they go away, but the portal's still there. Yes, it is. Like, this one actually looks like it's activated by some of the things on the inside focusing a beam of light, and it kind of crisscrosses in the middle, and it's still open. Is there anything written on the monocle? Like engraved or anything like that? On the monocle itself? No, there like is on not. The, on the wiring of the monocle? Okay. No. Um, I'm just going to assume <laughs> these are magical monocles that record and play back history. Because my friends aren't actually here. So, I'm going to step through the portal. Wonderful. You step through the portal. And we're just going to flash over to the rest of the party real quick. Back several hours in the past. Where all of you have stepped through the portal and are deposited, instead of in a what you feel is a celestial plane, are instead in darkness. 
eventually your eyes adjust, and if you have uh, dark vision, your eyes adjust significantly quicker. Um, the yeah, ceiling good. is about I have dark vision. Nice. High. Yep. The you ceiling do. is about eight foot high, um, and arched overhead, made of rough stone, somewhat rougher cut than uh, what is what was in the previous locale that you had been in. The air feels musty and damp and still. You see no trace of the portal that you stepped through to enter this place. Um, this doesn't seem right. The hallway continues off about, oh, 30 feet or so ahead of you and maybe 30 feet behind, and it tees off in uh, both to the left and right each way. Boris lights her lantern so she can also see the hallway. I don't feel like we're in the right location, Felix. Do you? This doesn't seem like Mount Celestia. This seems like something underground. I don't know where we are right now. Yeah, perhaps the basement of Mount Celestial. <laughs> Hoblet, can you tell any? Because Hoblet can do special things with stones, right? <laughs> I just know, like, the history of the stone. Is there anything special about the stones? Um, these stones are sacred as fuck. Oh, okay. That, like, they clearly exude holiness. Holiness is good. That's the right track. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying we got lucky, Felix. Well, if anything, that means that hopefully the portal was accurately labeled, and this isn't, in fact, somewhere bad, and that I was right, or that I wasn't, like, right before when I said that other portal was Mount Celestia. A broken clock is right twice a day, sir. <laughs> I hate this guy. Uh, <laughs> well, here we are. Uh, left, left or right, my friends? Pregnant, which way do you want to go? Oh, don't ask me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm so confused. Oh, poor Pregnard. All right, let's just make the decision and go left. Boris is going to choose to look both left and right and see if she can see anything down either hallway. Down either hallway, and the hallway extends at least 60 feet in either direction, you see what look like embrasures or cubbies in both the left and right uh, walls of each hallway. Um, maybe every 10 feet or so. Alright, that didn't help. Left sounds good. Okay. Pregnard uh, looks in, into one of the cubbies. Uh, when you look into the cubby, you see what looks like a sarcophagus of some kind. With a figure in full plate armor with uh, suitable embellishments that uh, look almost angelic. Um, it's also holding a sword, point up, so uh, both hands, like right at sort of mid-torso level, holding the sword that's pointing straight up, almost above their face and up towards the heavens. Uh, Jarrell would like to do a religion check, and hopefully he rolls well. Yeah, right. Brenner tells Jarrell about this. Holy shit. Fran, you thought that the one that I rolled to count in the episode would be the only one. Yep, nope, that's one. 
that one. That's a one. So you can't really quite make heads or tails of this. Maybe this is where they uh, keep the unworthy. You're not really sure. There are inscriptions upon each of these, especially upon the blades of the swords, written in Celestial. I can read Celestial. Okay. Does my net one still... Uh, did, can I read it? <laughs> yes, you can read it. And it has a name. Which, of course, I probably won't recognize the name, but what is the name? Uh, the name on this one is Rendalitha Artaban, Paladin of Torm. Oh. Can I roll a history check to know if I know that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's sort of going against the yeah, spirit no, I... of the role you just made. I, but know, I but will I did, definitely I do that because <laughs> I I relish in I relish in any attempt to know more than Jarrell about paladins, holy paladins. About anything. I can't believe I rolled in that one on that one. Stupid. Um, my history check ended up being a sixteen. A sixteen will tell you that this is definitely an on honored debt of some sort. Right. I mean, I'll share that with Jarrell. Be like, I don't know what you mean about the unworthy. Like, this is obviously someone who's being, who has been held in high regard. If I know anything, oh, I thought, you know, Torm was supposed to be a pretty good person or god or thing. Uh, based know, on so Felix's previous uh, information earlier in the day, Jarrell does not believe him. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, just, just for, um, for my own records, uh, what did you say the name of this paladin was again? Rendalitha Artaban. If you need spelling, uh, go to the name bucket, and it is the most recent entry. Love it. You need spelling, okay. just sound nope. it out. Don't need the spelling, just need to know how to say it. Thank you. Don't worry about it. We'll just put a pin in that and just leave it alone. Anyways. Okay, if we're done looking at, um, you know, tombs, uh, we should continue trying to find maybe something, someone we can interact with that's hopefully not going to try to kill us this time. Right. Quinn, you entered the portal several hours after they did. You exit the portal five minutes after they did, and while they are bumbling around in the hallway not terribly far ahead of you, you are ejected into the same place that they were. Uh, in a darkened hallway in a catacomb of some sort. Um, well, I ju just want to let you know I have dark vision, so... Okay, good. Oh, I see. note Are that we... you have dark vision, and you can see quite adeptly as soon as your eyes adjust in the very few scant seconds it takes for them to do so. Cat-like. Cat yeah. <laughs> Cat's up. Wildcat. So I see them. Hello? Hi? Oh, you all Jesus. hear uh, Quinn just behind you, where you entered. Quinn, you got my note! Boris runs over and gives him a big hug. I knew you were smart enough to figure it out. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> 
We thought you were shacking up with a lady friend, so we left your bee. Yes, Ugh. yes, it, she was wonderful. Uh, okay. Hi, Queen. It's me, Pregnart. A surprise. It's me. I love you. Oh! Oh! God, I forgot <laughs> about you. Oh, hello, Pregnart. <laughs> Those eyes, those eyes are just so scary. And my slime. Yes, yes, and your slime. That is, that is true. Please, please just do not touch me. And my slimy eyes. Yes, <laughs> I yes, feel like he's like slowly blinking both of them like off slimy, time. <laughs> slimy eyes. Disgusting. He's blinking and yeah, he blinked one eye and then he winked to the other and then he squinked to them. He squinked his eyes. I've seen frogs like lick, do the thing with their tongue where they like do the like the lick guy. their... Yeah. Is, is the word squink supposed to mean that like it's it's a sound like you can hear it blinking? Like, like a squishy <laughs> wink? <laughs> yeah, it's a squishy <laughs> wink. That's what I took it as. Like, that's He's also doing the thing where he, like you press... He's doing the thing where you like press the side of your eye to make it like move in, but he's doing that with his tongue. Ooh, why? Why is he? No, no. <laughs> for fun. Oh my God. I, that's how he greets. Just, that's like, how he greets you. Quinn. Looking, I am actively looking past him. Like my eyes don't even like meet his gaze anymore. I am like completely ignoring everything happening from Pregnart. Boris is trying to lick her own eyeball. <laughs> She's Boris is jealous of this of this ability. Your tongue mercifully makes it only as far as your cheek. Oh my goodness. So here we are. You've taken the left-hand path in uh, a holy catacomb, and you have uh, taken a look at one of the sarcophagi down here. Assuming that means that there's more. Uh, there are more every 10 feet or so on both walls. At the end of this hallway, there are stairs that go up. I'm more concerned with the stairs that go upward, but um, I guess if anyone cares about the rest of the dead folks. Why would I care? These are unworthy. Any... Oh my goodness. I can't does... wait to rub this in your face later. Anything <laughs> look like it can be easily stolen and valuable. Um, from a walking glance, I'm not deeply searching. From a walking glance, how about you make an investigation check for me? Twenty. A twenty. So nothing particularly pilferable. However. Um, the second one on the left, the helmet looks significantly like the same one that Jarrell frequently wears. I take the helmet off and stick it on my own head immediately. That is not something you are able to do. This is a stone sarcophagus. This is merely carved into the sarcophagus. It is not actually a helmet. Ah. Hmm. All right, I notice, and... and kind of say, hey, hey, Jarrell, isn't this your hat? Uh, Jarrell will walk over um, and is the is there an inscription in Celestial again? There is an inscription in Celestial upon this sword. 
And uh, whose name, perchance, is upon it? Joe Rusk of House Passer. Oh! Wait. Lord Jarask was not unworthy. <laughs> now he is also is wearing armor that looks identical to yours. Do I know a Lord Jarask? <laughs> this would be a place to make a good history check. I'm on three ones in a row. <laughs> that was a 15. Good. You would know oh. your great grandfather. Oh, this this is Grandpa. Wait, <laughs> Great Grandpa. Great Grandpa. Okay, because Grandpa gave me the other helmet. Grandpa. Right. Yes, this would have been his father. Okay. So now Jarl is slightly offended that they would bury his great grandfather, Lord Jarask, who was an awesome paladin in this unworthy place. <laughs> Well, Jarrell, maybe is, that's this, because this is like stemming from his like miss his nat one roll that okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can we like open the sarcophagus? No. <laughs> Jarrell slams his hands down on it. Doesn't want you desecrating his great grandfather's corpse. <laughs> <laughs> if and it's all the same. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, you say. I mean, Jarrell, you know, if you're that upset about it, maybe you are you trying to say you want to speak to the manager? I suppose so. Let's <laughs> go, yeah, let's go find them. Into the holiest of Karens. <laughs> let's go find said manager. Come on, Jarrell, lead the way. Lead the way with this. You know, you're just aching for this fervor you have. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go find out who's in charge of the place. You could you could give him a stern talking to. Let's go, bud. God damn it, Felix. Can I roll a deception to like make it seem like I'm being very genuine about like you know supporting Jarrell? Your sarcasm. <laughs> sure, that sounds great. Lord Karen, twenty-three. All right, um, Jarrell, uh, you would need to make an insight check against this to see if uh, you are going to buy or not buy this line. It's absolutely impossible for me to beat that. Uh, there we go. I'll, Fair I'll enough. roll for the. Yep, nope, not a net 20, so nope. Even All Boris right. believed it. <laughs> <laughs> when sarcasm circles so far back around is to sound genuine. That's my goal. You did it. All right, so uh, what's the plan here, guys? Uh, Jarrell's marching off to find the manager. All right, Jarrell marches off down the hallway, which leads to a set of stairs that goes up. And after about, oh, 30 steps going upwards, uh, things open to uh, what appears to be a uh, door that leads out into uh, a beautiful green countryside. Beautiful green countryside? <laughs> no get the joke. <laughs> it's just green. It's just grass. Green grass. It's, there's rolling hills of green grass and you all green grass. grass. <laughs> Don't get the joke. You all feel slightly euphoric in this place. If we turn around, is the door like... Turn around. 
Please, no. And fucking yes. every now and then I fall apart. <laughs> uh, there is... Now, tonight. Oh my god, stop! A... I want to know what's here! Yeah. You never do this to Phil! <laughs> it just appears to be, like, the door to a uh, catacomb. You know, stone, a couple of columns on each side. You know, post and lintel okay. construction. Uh, going into a hill that, uh, you know, goes down into the earth. Hmm. Out maybe a quarter mile ahead, there appears to be a path leading both uphill, up uh, what, as you look around, appears to be the biggest mountain any of you have ever seen in your lives, just extending up and up and up and up into and beyond the golden clouds overhead and down miles upon miles upon miles to a vast ocean. It's the biggest mountain that Hoblet, a mountain dwarf, has ever seen? Yes, by orders okay. of magnitude. Oh, this is a big fucko we found ourselves on here, crew. <laughs> Jarrell, I imagine we're headed to the top? We must ascend, right? I should right? say so. Ah, uh, these fucking little legs. I guess we march on. Yeah, headed up, I guess. The party marches on. Still no chair for the old people that I can just, like, sit in, and it just takes me, takes me up. Quinn, you have to use your legs like everybody else. No, I just went up the stairs. So did we. No. No, you did not. Got a wine around I just did. (laughs) And now you can just climb a mountain with the rest of us. You knew what you signed up for with us. And then does Felix just get on the back of Jarrell after saying that? I, I feel like I feel like I should. I feel like I should. Does he? I feel does like he do that? I feel like that's the right thing to do here. <laughs> what a dick. I mean, it's the best way for me to be in Jarrell's ear is to be closer to it, so. Just confirming, um is in no way, shape, or form big enough for me to actually ride, right? No, not even close. I don't think Um is big enough for Felix to ride. Yes, right. Confirmed. That's unfortunate because that would have been adorable too. Yes, but no, Um is quite small. Felix is also quite small, but we're talking about different versions of small. Anyhow, the party walks across maybe about a quarter mile of undulating grasslands, swaying, you know. The, the long, tall grass swaying ever so slightly in the breeze. The weather is, of course, a perfect mid-70s, not too much wind. The clouds overhead are actually golden-colored, and a bright but warm light just emanates from the sky almost in all directions. And we can get to the... Uh base of the mountain to start climbing it. Well, you are already somewhat up the mountain. The base is miles and miles and miles below, down by the ocean. Cool. I mean, it definitely feels like we're in the right place. This seems like the right place. So you said that there was, like, a structure on this mountain, though, further up? 
I didn't say anything about that so far, but there is about a quarter mile from where you exited that uh, catacomb. There is a path, a beaten road of a sort that goes up the mountain, more or less. It, you know, it winds a little bit. It's not so much direct, but it generally takes you in a vaguely upward direction up this mountain. The slope is never too terribly steep. It switches back when it goes up a steeper area, maybe a few miles ahead. But it looks like a nice, easy, yet long walk. Pregnant knows what to do with mountains. You climb them. And at climbing, we will go up the road. Up the road you go. And walking for hours upon hours, you do. But... The light never really seems to change. Day never turns into night in this place, and it's impossible to tell what time it is. So it's the North Pole. Hmm. <sighs> Not so much. Yeah, we're talking like outer planes here now, bud. Like this is these are uncharted territories for people like us most of the time. So. Yeah. Now, you will notice that you are getting tired very easily from all this walking uphill. And after maybe about three or four hours, you guys are pretty beat. You're really sucking wind, and it, it just feels like you cannot breathe enough air. We should probably take a break. Right, I mean, my legs are tired, right? Jarell and I pat, I pat him on the shoulders as I'm like riding on his back. Uh, Jarell is actually huffing, which is not usual for him. Um, do we set up a camp here then? I'd, I'd just say catch our breath. I mean, I'm not trying to camp on this mountain. I'm just like, I want to keep going. I also don't have to breathe though. So I guess you just guys let me know when you're good to go. Pregnart uh, kind of sees himself as like caretaker of sorts of the group, and uh, he's gonna make, uh, he's gonna try to figure out if if it's even feasible for us to survive uh, a night here, if we're if we're huffing this bad at this altitude. Yeah, I think uh, you might be the first one to put it together. Is it is absolutely altitude based, and you're gonna need to acclimate a little bit before you're really able to breathe properly here. But otherwise, no. Like, do you have any danger sense at all, Pregnart? Uh, is that gonna be on my character sheet? Um, I I do have. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I don't know. This <laughs> is the sort of thing, you know, I, senses tingling. I have a proficiency in medicine, so like that's where I'm drawing. I'm trying to draw from that to yeah. be like, okay, are are we in danger here? Yeah. Um, well, even like a nature check might take you a little closer, but yeah, even medicine, um, there doesn't seem to be anything that's posing any sort of threat to you or to anything here. Like, this yeah, might no be other the most signs of life, point. right? Yeah. Yeah, no other signs of life as of yet, but this is an incredibly peaceful place. You're all literally in heaven. <laughs> what? We have to, but you, you get altitude sickness in heaven? What kind of heaven is this? <laughs> when you're not supposed to be there, I'm sure it works differently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does the air feel like extra holy or anything like that? 
like well he said we know what euphoric right yes although some of that was from the uh thinner oxygen in the air <laughs> or is and i am curious? taking this directly out of the source book material for this plane Oris is curious what would happen, so she just, like, pulls a pocket open and pulls a verbally abusive demon skull out by, like, the eyeball sockets and, like, holds it in the air to see what happens. It starts smoking and burning in your hand the second it gets out of the, uh, pocket. Oris goes, ay! And drops it on the ground. The demon skull literally bursts into flames and is incinerated to nothing by the holiness of this plane. Holy shit! Does uh does it say anything? Any parting words of yeah. <laughs> it's so no? It literally <laughs> just screams until it is nothing but ash, and even the ash burns until it is even nothing. Okay, so I hate to ask this question now. Um, obviously, when we entered here, my head did not explode, so that's good. No, it did not. Um, but I see that happen to the demon skull, and I think about what I have attached to me. And Felix definitely is having a hard time hiding the fear on his face. You can't be afraid near Jarrell, though, so you might want to stick close. Hiding the concern (laughs) on his face. (laughs) Boris is also a little concerned about a sword she's had in her pocket for a while. Well, the sword is in your pocket. Remember, nothing happened to the skull until you t- took it out into out of the, the pocket. Yes. I make sure my bandana is extra tight. Not the worst idea you've had all day. But otherwise, you set up a uh, bivouac uh, slightly off the beaten path here, and uh, you're able to rest for as uh, long as uh, you all, excuse me, for as long as you all choose to. I mean, really, as long like, until everyone can kind of feel like they can breathe. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm hitching a ride here, so I'm not trying to, you know, have my trusty yeah. steed yeah. crap out at me. Are you, so are you guys just maybe trying to make a short rest here then? I would mm-hmm. say so. Sure. That sounds about okay. right. Yeah, that well, sounds good. So after, um, after a short rest worth of... Uh, sort of uh, sitting, camping out, lounging on this uh, beautiful green hill slash mountainside. Uh, You may continue your trek if you so choose. Yep. Ready to go? I see Jarrell trying to, to, I see Jarrell standing up a little too too quick, so I hop on his back before it's too late for me to hedge a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Onward we march. Yep, let's go. (laughs) You see Boris contemplating picking up the ashes from the charred demon skull, but decide against it. Uh, There is nothing left by the time uh, you uh, go. Like it is literally incinerated to ash, and then the ashes incinerated to nothing. (laughs) It's just a hole burned through the ground of heaven. (laughs) <laughs> just completely dematerialized this skull. Right, I feel, yeah. I feel like on like a molecular level, it was taken apart pretty much. Yes. Like, the, the two concepts were so wholly incompatible as that one was destroyed entirely when being exposed to the plane. 
All right. Okay. So as you guys continue to walk for several hours, uh, you do see what appears to be a, um, a village of some sort, uh, maybe about three, four miles further up. We can only assume that if there are inhabitants in this village up ahead, that they're obviously going to be friendly, right? You could have seen shrugs. And I look at Jarrell, or I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I look at uh, Hoblet, and I was like, and Boris for that matter. I was like, so we need to make a good first impression. Of course. Why wouldn't they like us? Exactly. Did you bring any of your soup, Pregnant? That's always such a winner. Wins everyone over uh, immediately. No. Just the souffles. <laughs> Boris puts on her fabulous fur coat. How fabulous. Describe this fur coat. This sounds good. I just have it described as fabulous. Which right, means that you get to describe it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Boris would have picked the pinkest, furriest coat available in that room full of fur coats that we picked them from. Um, it's long enough on Boris that it hangs like a foot on the ground behind her and is dragging up whatever like forest and ground shit and <laughs> like collecting in the bottom of it. It is it's way too big. It's just getting fabulouser and fabulouser. <laughs> It has gold buttons, but the buttons never get used. <laughs> so I think at this point, Pregnart is like very excited to see any other inhabitants around us. And he's like really kind of booking it as much as he can and really trying to hightail it up into this, this, uh, this camp, this settlement. Yeah, well, we're following right. Pregnart. Let's go. Yeah, the party continues on up the up this mountain with Pregnart running on his little frog legs just ahead of the party, really chugging it ahead, eager to see the inhabitants of this village on this plane of eternal lawful goodness. And that's where we're going to call this episode for this evening. Mm. Uh, if you like us, we can be found on the internet. We're in such places as Twitter and Instagram, and Hapless Heroes. We're on uh, Reddit slash r slash Hapless Heroes Podcast. And if you look on Facebook for Hapless Heroes Podcast, you'll find us there as well. All of those places will take you to the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, which is the best place to meet and greet and talk and chat and hang out with us. We are there on a daily basis. Fran and I are pretty much always there, and the rest of the cast is very frequently there as we are, you know, internet-connected members of the 21st century society, and hey, you know, Discord's a hell of a mm. place to be as part of that. Now, if you really like us, though, you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice, because we are on the podcast service of your choice. If you have found this podcast by now, I'm going to go out on the shortest of limbs and assume that uh, you found a podcast service that you like. Now, if that podcast service... I know I've kind of repeated that phrase a few times, but if that does uh, have a way to leave a review, if you were to leave us a review, we will eventually find you read that review, and we will read it out loud on the air to recognize you as the five-star human being that you are. 
Now, if you really, really like us, you can donate to our Patreon, patreon.com slash heroes, where uh, we have a variety of reward tiers from just as short as, you know, a dollar a month, you get a nice shiny roll on our Discord server. At about uh, five dollars, you get a slightly shinier roll and access to our uh, patron lounge channel, the Super Secret Lounge, where uh, we post with our pinkies in the air and uh, certain fun things like our uh, outtakes and bloopers can be found. They're also available on Discord at that level. Uh, maybe a little bit further up, uh, there are a few other uh, nifty little perks you might be able to get access to Hoblet's uh, first journal uh, in the disjointed mad ramblings of the greatest dwarf in D&D existence as voted by members of this specific room. I didn't Or, vote. yeah. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Jabroni. Anyway, donate to our Patreon. It's pretty great. And it helps cover the costs of all of our hosting and equipment and stuff like that. And uh, makes a tangible result in keeping this podcast going for you all. And if you like us, right now you like us, Sally Field, and the whole deal. Uh, set up an array of bread slices and uh, draw out the phrase, um, hapless heroes rules, uh, with little little droppers of water and uh, set up a camera to create a, a time lapse of uh, bread mold growing in, into those watery letters on those slices of bread. And I'm getting a lot of I'm getting legal. a lot of grimaces and groans. That's it. Yeah, about to say it's Just significantly less gross than most of the things we ask our uh, listeners to do. So I don't know why that's happening. Wet bread. Sorry, it's just bleh. yeah. You're, you're, Wet you're bread is what bread. does it for you. Like several things that are absolutely unconscionable, illegal in every country that has a constitution and against most <laughs> of the laws of nature and man. But wet bread is what's going to set you off. Yeah. You know what? There's only one thing <laughs> I can do that. in a place like this, and that's outro our cast. We're going to start on my right with the fantastic, fabulous Felix Fizzlebottom thespianized by Francesco. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I really tried yeah, to... F- I, I know. I love it. I, I have a steed. To his right, we have Lord Jarrell the Light, played by John. Until next time. To his right, we have Boris the Butcher, played by Nicole. Keep your bread dry. <laughs> to her right, we have Pregnart, played by Zach. I see a people, a new friends, new people, let's go meet them. To his right, we have Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind, played by Mike. Would dry bread be croutons? To his right, we have Hoblet the Smasher, played by James. Something feels wrong about this place. My name is Dave, and I have been your host, Dungeon Master, and Guide to the Plains. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 See ya. Bye. Goodbye.